0: Advertising was born on radio. It's a huge part of the history of advertising. And because of technology, because of the devices in our homes that we talk to now, it's becoming vastly more important for creative agencies to catch up. Before the age of the internet, there weren't any advertising agencies out there with audio capabilities. Clients didn't have the ability to create audio assets. We're educating our clients and educating the agencies and their partners to understand how to use audio in a better way. We're hopefully helping those creative agencies realize the importance of audio and why they need to focus on it, not just as a media channel, but as a, a primary way of moving hearts and minds of listeners and audiences.
1: Today on the Sound and Marketing Podcast, I have the pleasure of talking to Roger Sho-German from Pandora. Roger, thanks so much for joining me.
0: Happy to be here, thank you.
1: I just kind of wanted you to start off Telling us what you do at Pandora. What's your function at Pandora?
0: My title is group creative director. I I lead a creative team uh, that we call ourselves Studio Resonate. About a year ago, we rebranded and relaunched ourselves as Studio Resonate. We kind of changed the focus of what we do. So we're a team of about 50 uh, creatives of all kinds of backgrounds, Um, everything from audio engineers, musicians, designers, copywriters, uh, theater production people, event people, project managers, I'm sure I'm missing lots, uh, but all kinds of creative folks. And the team was originally set up way, way, way back as uh, the first digital audio um, advertising production team in the world. Um, If you may recall, Pandora was technically the first uh, music streaming platform all the way back. And when they decided to switch on the advertising uh, function, a peculiar thing that they realized was uh, there weren't any advertising agencies out there with <laughs> with audio capabilities, because, as you probably know, or if you don't know, before the age of the internet, basically the way uh, advertising production worked was if it was you know if it was television, a lot of the production would be done at the television network, if it was radio you would get the radio DJ available that day to record your spot. It was all produced by the radio station. Um, Now that we live in a day and age where clients can build their own creative or the agency can build their own creative, it seems kind of silly because we have all kinds of uh, different formats that we can build to. But at the time when Pandora launched, they needed to build out their own audio production team because clients didn't have the ability to create audio assets. With this brand new ad format of, of digital audio, we put together a small team to produce uh, audio spots. And that grew over time to to today. When we looked at the numbers last year, we had produced somewhere around six hundred to 700,000 audio spots since we were counting. And I think the number is much higher than that, but that's the ones that we actually had numbers for. And as you know, we're a data company. So we have all kinds of interesting data on all of those spots that we put together. So we have uh, interesting things on what kind of uh, voices um, resonate with what kind of audiences, you know, what uh, drives them to have an emotional reaction, what drives them to um, have a immediate reaction, to tap on a screen, to purchase something, that kind of thing. What we decided to do last year was we realized that armed with all this information, we were making a lot of recommendations and we weren't, really functioning as just a production team anymore we were really functioning something more like an agency but an agency that really focuses on audio and not just from an audio production quality perspective but from a psychological perspective how does audio affect us on a psychological level how do we move hearts and minds with audio and since i believe that we're in this place right now i think we're in a bit of an audio renaissance i think the the medium and the format of audio is regaining its place in our psyche and and through our consumption habits that I think that it was important for us to rebrand ourselves as a, a creative consultancy because I think what a lot of the work that we realized we needed to do, it wasn't just about creating great spots, but it was about educating our clients and educating the agencies and their partners To understand how to use audio in a better way. And that is, that's so, that's my passion. And that's the reason I decided um, that we needed to change the focus of the team from an advertising production team to a creative consultancy.
1: The important thing for people that are listening to realize is that you can start up a production company and produce tons of stuff. But if your clients don't fully understand how to message through that outlet, through that platform, you're going to look bad. The production company's going to look bad because if they're doing it all themselves, it's going to be off of the old format, off of the broadcast commercial standards, which do not work for streaming and for online digital platforms. So it makes complete sense that you guys switched from production to an agency because you guys have the insight and you have the analytics, but you also have, as you had spoke earlier, you have a hodgepodge of people working for you that understand the nuances in very different ways.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the interesting things that we've noticed and, and kind of struggled with sometimes is when we'd have you know a great idea for a campaign, for a client, that would be an audio-based campaign, and we'd we'd pitch it to them, and they'll think it's great, and then they'll decide that they want to work with their you know agency of record to build that out. They'll often go to their agency, and their agency will be like, "Hey, that's a cool idea. Um, we don't really do audio. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, or they'll just want to uh, send it out to their music production house that they they work with, who are great at doing jingles, but that's that's you know what they focus on. One of the things I think that's happened over the past fifty or so years is that advertising agencies basically became film production houses or TV production houses. That's mm-hmm. what they they work on. If you look at the all the most awarded creative agencies in the world, they make great short films. Um, that is the language that they understand. Um, and I think it's kind of ironic because advertising was born on radio. It, it's a huge part of the, the history of advertising and it feels like along the way we we lost that skill a lot. And because of technology because of the devices in our homes that we talk to now it's it's becoming vastly more important and it's 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 important for creative agencies to catch up so that's what we're doing we're, we're hopefully helping those creative agencies realize the importance of audio and and why they need to focus on it not just as a media channel but is as a, a primary way of of moving hearts and minds of of listeners and audiences
1: and i've been finding that too i've been approached in um certain agencies uh, they just want to be educated. They don't. They don't get it. And so you know, they just they want to understand. But yeah, they're not there. <laughs> they don't know how it works. And it did get into the whole like kind of documentary short film style, which is a great way to communicate. And I really like where video production has gone. But yeah, it's it's one form of interpretation, I guess. And yeah, it doesn't absolutely. translate I mean, onto I'm, streaming.
0: <laughs> I'm I'm guilty of it as well. Like I I went to art school. I studied film. I wanted to be a film director. Unfortunately, there's barely a film industry in Australia where I'm from. So I ended up in advertising. Like it was something that I was definitely passionate about, but it's, it's interesting. Like one of my favorite subjects back in college was actually the, the audio production and music class. But at, at the time, I never thought it would have any impact on my future as a career. Like I enjoyed learning Pro Tools because I wanted to remix the Matrix soundtrack as the <laughs> super cool at the time. And, you know, it was just kind of like, you know, a geeky thing to learn. Like I liked learning software and software packages and and mucking around with stuff like that. My whole career I've spent in advertising agencies, usually making TV ads, but now I've come back to doing audio. And I, I, I really think this is the most exciting place to be right now. When you think about, you know, short film type work, is great for, for YouTube pre-rolls and it's, you know, there's plenty of formats for television style um, ads to, to still run. But if you think about like people's consumption habits and especially like, I know like TVs, you know, Netflix and streaming video is way up at the moment. But when you think about how we're going to move into the future, how we're going to uh, start interacting with products, with, with brands, there's going to be, this is already this whole new space of having to interact with a product service or brand without a screen. Like you really think we're going to be using different banking apps for each different bank, just to be able to transfer money from one place to another in a, couple of years time like i highly doubt it you know it, everything's going to start moving to a screenless situation you'll be able to tell alexa or your google assistant to do something for you and it will just happen which is great but where's <laughs> did you hear that <laughs> i alexa did. just responded to me i was I just was thinking about that i'm like
1: good thing that my alexa's out there <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Alexa fun. responded to an Alexa ad when we were watching something on the projector last you night. It we funny. get
0: requests from clients like that all the time. Like they always want to do the whole like trigger, uh-huh. trigger the voice assistant to, to do something funny to subvert because that's exciting now, right? It's exciting right. to play with the smart speakers. Total tangent. Um, I have a three-year-old. Take a guess what my my son's first word was?
1: Alexa. Oh yeah. no! Oh no! <laughs>
0: And it was like way, like it was a long time before he got to mama and papa. It was like, oh no! I think the third word was, was like Optimus Prime, which is, <laughs> but first word was, was Alexa and uh, creepy too, because even with the baby voice, it still responded, right? right. The, the light came up and I was just like, this is amazing and terrifying at the same time. Um, but, you know, brands need to be able to represent themselves in a screenless environment. Brands like MasterCard who have really forward thinking and they really realize that like the future of their product isn't even physical. You're not going to have a plastic card in the future, but that payment network is still going to be there. And they were smart enough to be able to realize the value of a sonic identity. Every time you tap your phone to pay with a MasterCard, it's going to make that sound, which is, it's so valuable. And, you know, they embraced it.
1: They totally embraced it.
0: And it's going to be a long time before every single point of sale system in the world is, is going to be able to do that. Like it's a huge, ambitious undertaking. Mm-hmm. Um, but by the time we get there, they would have played that sound to everyone so many times that you will have recognized it. Like I can't stress enough, like the, the time is, is now for, for brands to go out and stake their claim in the sonic space. Because otherwise it's going to take a long time to catch up. And catching up, I think, in audio is going to be harder than it is with other mediums. There's a lot more restrictions around what you can and can't do with audio. And, and you have that benefit if you start early of time. You know, you think about things like the Intel dun, 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 dun sound that everyone recognizes. It's like everyone recognizes it because they've heard it 100,000 times in their life.
1: Any of the insurance companies nationwide? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, nationwide is a good one, isn't it? but um the one we 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 play sonic bingo in a lot of our presentations where we play different sonic identities and we get people to call out if they recognize it so i like that really fun it's really fun and then the the hidden the trick one in there is i put up the logo for farmers and Mm. but i don't play the sound and then i go this one i'm gonna get you guys to sing and without fail there's always someone in the room that can sing it. There's one time I had 150 people in the room and they sang it in unison.
1: Oh my gosh.
0: And I was just like this like I it's amazing. It's insurance. It's insurance. Uh-huh.
1: Yeah. The the Geico duck. It's yes. not even it's not even tonal really. It's just a voice. Yep. And I was just thinking about this the other day was like as long as they put that duck in the commercial and it Affleck. says Affleck, that commercial can be anything. That commercial could be serious. It could be silly. It's mostly silly, but like anything. And it doesn't even have to do with their brand. You hear it and you know what it is. And that's all that you need.
0: It's a powerful, powerful thing. I think the sonic identity space is starting to, to heat up now because I think brands are starting to catch on to the fact that this is something they should be taking more seriously. But it's just interesting that we've got these, especially those insurance brands, that are basing this stuff on, on legacy stuff that they've had before. If you have a brand that has a, had a jingle in the past that they've run on on radio before they've run on, on television before, it's like, you've got this amazingly valuable asset and the stock of that asset just went up and you know, you've got this opportunity to, to, to bring it back or revive it or re- revitalize it. I mean, some, you know, some brands have decided to kill it and, and start fresh, but like, you know, if you've got, even like a remix or like a, a fresher version of an old Sonic identity that your brand may have had is, it's, you know, it's, it's so valuable. Uh, on the Sonic bingo thing, well, the first one that we play, we play the NBC chime. Mm-hmm. My favorite thing to talk about in, with the NBC chime is that like that was never intended to be a Sonic identity. It's like a Sonic identity by accident. Like that literally was a physical chime That they used to ring on the radio just to let them know that there was a news broadcast about that happened. You know the story about the, that's a three note chime, but you know there's a four note version?
1: Oh, really? No, I didn't know that. There's a four
0: note version that they only used to do during the war. And it was a secret message to let the local broadcasters know that there was some new news coming in from the front line.
1: Wow, that's cool. Isn't cool? Isn't that cool? I love learning things like that. Thank you. There was something that I saw, I think, uh, well, I think Pandora posted it, but it was talking about Hasbro and how they're working on playlists for their board games. First off, awesome. This is like ultimate, ultimate timing to do something like this. How are they? How are they going about this? Is it just like you can go on to Pandora and there's a playlist for them or because the, 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 the thought that popped into my head was how can they utilize this on smart speakers and say, Alexa, I'm, I'm going to play this game. And then the playlist pops up. I'm just curious how they're utilizing this.
0: Well, you can. So if you already have Pandora on your smart speaker, which actually is a huge percentage of listeners, I think we, Pandora is still the number one music service on Google devices and probably number two on, on Alexa devices, because obviously Amazon prioritizes their own sure. one. Sure. So.
1: It'd be um, stupid not to. Yeah. <laughs>
0: if you call, if you, um, if you call out the name of the station, to play on Pandora, it will automatically play it. So, in the case of if you wanted to play, for example, the the Risk uh, soundtrack, actually, I think it has to be the official playlist. To let me let me double check that for you, but I think it's like the play the official uh, soundtrack to Risk on Pandora, and it will play it so you it will work automatically with your uh with your smart speaker as long as you have uh pandora set up on that smart speaker but um yeah it's 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 a great one it's actually not really an unusual execution for us so like that um That project, I think it was just very timely, um, but that is one of our sponsored stations product. So we do these all the time. We have uh, existing playlists and stations that brands can sponsor, or we can create custom stations for brands um, to create essentially a soundtrack to their brand that anyone can play a notable one that we've done in the past. Uh, we did something for Huggies where they wanted to have uh, music that for kids to little kids or babies to dance to. That was really, really successful because, you know, one of the things that you, um, as a parent, you would know, but that you you realize is the kind of music that you like listening to isn't necessarily the kind of music that is appropriate for your children all the time. That was a, yeah, that was a yeah. big learning for me. That like, oh wow, nineties gangster rap isn't really great for little children. So you go through this phase where uh, parents start really listening to different type of music it's actually one of the ways that Pandora actually targets parents. We actually know if someone is a parent based on their music listening habits. Obviously we have some, um, logged in data from the, from the listener already, but the moment that someone changes their music habits from their regular stations and suddenly adds in something that looks remotely like music for the, for children, we know there's now a child in that house, or They are now a parent. Um, so then, you know, that opens us up with different advertising targeting capabilities as well. Um, um, but yeah, so you know, with, with the with the one for Hasbro, it was great because you know there's a lot of time spent at home right now. Uh, toys and games uh, are, are actually doing very well at the moment, uh, given the situation, because that's how everyone's uh, passing the time at home. Uh, and this idea came up based on that insight to to do soundtracks to board games, which I think it's just it's a great fit, and it's and it's so easy.
1: Sound marketing doesn't have to be complicated. Sound is and can be subtle. With just a little bit of foresight, your brand could explore a space that is just waiting to be better understood. And you've got help. People like Roger's team at Pandora's Studio Resonant, for example. For more of the Sound and Marketing Podcast, don't forget to follow, subscribe, rate, and share. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Pandora, and Stitcher. For inquiries on producing and developing your own podcast, or for inquiries on sonic branding and sonic branding consultation availabilities, you can find me at dreamer productions. That's d-r-e-a-m-r productions.com, LinkedIn and Facebook. You can also email me at Gina, j-e-a-n-n-a at dreamer productions.com. All links will be provided in the show notes. This episode was produced by Dreamer Productions and hosted, written, and edited by me, Gina Isham. We all make sounds. Let's make them on purpose. Let's make this world of sound more intriguing, more unique, and more and more on brand.